Say what you will about the evils of late-stage capitalism, 2024 is an amazing time to be alive. You could, if you had been so inclined, have camped out in front of a Target store a few nights ago to get your hands on a $50 pink Valentine's Day-themed cup made by a company that for its first 100 years made thermoses for iron workers to make sure their coffee or soup stayed warm. You can, and I did through the magic of the World Wide Web, buy a $50 knockoff of a $300 sweatshirt from a random Chinese website that may or may not be a scam, but will eventually send you a shipping notification for what was supposed to be a Christmas present on the 11th day of Christmas. And no matter what niche thing you might be into, you can probably find a nativity scene featuring, featuring your interests or particular style choices. Just this year, I've seen the minimalist nativity scene. It features Mary as a blue rectangle, Joseph as a brown rectangle, and the baby Jesus as a small brown square. There's the millennial parents' nativity that has Mary holding a Starbucks cup and making a peace sign with duck lips while Joseph takes a selfie of the Holy Family. My personal favorite is the Fisher-Price Little People nativity scene. When you press on the angel, it lights up and plays music. You can buy blow-up nativity scenes for your front yard or a beautiful olive wood one like we have here in our nave. Whatever your desire, there is a nativity scene for you in 2024. While there are some nativity scenes that only include the Holy Family, most contain the full cast of characters. There's Mary and Joseph, the baby Jesus, of course, an angel, at least one shepherd, a few animals, and the Magi, wise men, the three kings. Having the whole gang surround the manger is important, I think, because it tells the full story of what God was up to in the incarnation of Jesus. First, you have the Holy Family, a sign for us that Jesus wasn't just beamed down from heaven, but born of a woman and made truly human. The angel, meanwhile, sits atop the manger as a reminder to us that Jesus wasn't like any other baby born in history, but rather his birth was miraculous. As announced by the angel Gabriel, he was conceived by God to be born of a virgin. In the incarnation, heaven came to earth so that earth might be brought to heaven. And this is only possible if Jesus is fully divine and fully human. And so the Holy Family and the angel remind us of this fact. Then comes the shepherds who were the first to receive the good news of the Savior's birth. To them came the glad tidings of great joy that the Messiah was born in Bethlehem. Though they were outsiders in their society, they were still Jewish men. And by having them in the nativity scene, we are reminded that Jesus came 
to seek and save the lost sheep of Israel, that they might be set free from their bondage and find freedom in the Messiah. But they didn't come to the manger alone, and so there's always at least one sheep at a nativity scene, and and maybe there's a cow or a donkey, those who would have been eating out of the bed that Jesus was sleeping in. These call to mind for us God's desire for humanity to be in right relationship not only with one another, but with all of creation. Jesus came to show us how to live at peace with the whole world that God has given to us. And the animals resting at the crash show us this truth. Finally, there's the Magi. And while they're sold as a set in our tradition, they don't show up in the manger until tonight. It took them a while to find Jesus. And they're the unexpected characters in the scene. The Magi were priests in a pre-Islamic Persian religion named Zoroastrianism. They were learned scholars who sought out wisdom from the stars. Zoroastrianism was founded by the prophet Zoroaster, who believed himself to be born of a virgin, who started his ministry at the age of 30, after withstanding temptations from the devil, and predicted that other virgins would give birth to divine prophets. So the Magi, as his followers, looked to the heavens for stars that would signal the birth of these new divine prophets, these new kings, and even someday a Messiah. These Gentile priests of a pagan religion came to the manger thanks to a new star shining in the heavens. They came to bless the infant king with gifts for his reign gold as a symbol of wealth and power, frankincense representing wisdom, and myrrh as a sign of long life and healing. Along their journey, they stopped in Jerusalem to speak with Herod to confirm where the prophets said that the king of the Jews might be born. The intention of the Magi was to show the baby honor. The reaction of Herod was terror, anger, and eventually violence. We have the Magi in the Nativity scene to remind us that in Christ, God intends to redeem the whole world. Even those who don't get it quite right are welcome at the cradle of the Messiah. That's the gift of Epiphany the revealing of the divinity of Jesus to all people. The person who's never in a nativity scene is Herod, the puppet king of Israel who, puts, who was put in authority by Rome to keep peace through intimidation, threats, and violence. Herod refused to accept that, the king, that this new king had been born in Bethlehem, even though by his actions, he clearly believed it to be true. No matter how open God's invitation is in the gift of Jesus, there are still some who will refuse to receive salvation 
for fear of losing their power and privilege. The only people who don't come to worship the newborn king are those who refuse the invitation. This season of Epiphany, we are invited to see how Jesus is revealed to us in our day and time. God offers us the opportunity to see the face of Jesus in each person with whom we come into contact. To see God's image even in those who camped out to buy a cup. To welcome the stranger and to love our enemies. All of us are invited to take our place at the manger. Will you come and experience the gracious welcome of the newborn king. Amen.